Hello and welcome. My name is Nicole Grimm. And I am Ben Rocky. And this is Mayhem and Misfits, where we take a fun look at business gone awry and the systems that save them. Today we're going to talk about the little things. Do you mean the little things one can do with technology in one's business to make tech a little more frictionless and work noticeably more productive? Well, of course, that's what the little things always means. All right. We should always start with, why would we care about these little things that make our life easier? It goes beyond the post-it notes and Excel spreadsheets that run business that we all know people use to run some parts, if not the full business, until they get their feet under them. Right. Yeah, there are ways to do better than using Excel. Excel's great. We've said before, Excel... Excel's great. Excel is its own system. Mm. But. Excel is a application. <laughs> yes. It, if it is a system, that's when my, my radar You can to go off. run a system. Excel is not a system. I, I, I agree with you. Yes. We, this is a conversation that goes on in many uh, IT bar rooms across the nation. That's right. But there are ways with what you have you can do better. You can you can pick that low hanging fruit of, gosh, I wish I wish we had a better way to do this. Yeah, something you've prototyped in Excel. You've gotten the concept out. It has some feet under it, some stability to it. Yeah. Okay, we get it now. We can see where we want to run with this and make it legit. And. All those things where you think, you know, this process is so simple, we don't really need a process for it. it the thing we're doing here, we can just send an email back and forth, or I'll, I'll give somebody a post-it note, and they'll know to do it, and they'll get to it eventually. They'll write it down on their own calendar. And listen, effective people get things done. That happens. What if, though, you could do it better? That's right. With little things with little things or little changes. Uh, if you have a piece of equipment or property that you invested in and you weren't using it to its full potential, you would look for ways to get more out of it. Yield yeah. matters, right? Yield The yield matters. With most, <clears throat> with most systems that most businesses have, you get a large set of tools to make your life easy that you are not using. And I can say that emphatically because we walk into businesses all the time and look at all the tools not being used. Right. They don't even realize they needed them, how to use them, or that they're not using them in some of those degrees. Right. Now, on this podcast, generally, Nicole and I won't, really dive into the tools and tricks of specific products, or at least we haven't yet. But for today's conversation, we're going to focus on Microsoft Office 365. The reason we're willing to dive into this particular software package or this particular particular subscription offering is almost every business we come in contact with has it. There are some that use Google Workspace. Google Workspace does have a lot of tools. It's, a, it's another common business application tool set, but on, on the average, 
Office 365 kind of wins out as the one that everybody has. Uh, why the widespread use of Office 365 and, and why even Workspace? There's a lot of reasons, but the big one is business class email. There's a good chance in your business you have Office 365 subscriptions because your business needed a better way to handle email. Maybe in the past you had an exchange server or you were going through some service for email, but at some point you needed Microsoft Outlook and you wanted business class email and you went through Office 365 because somebody told you that you needed it. Your MSP told you, your IT person, someone on your team who was technically minded. Somebody said, we should just get Office 365 because it's easy. And so you went and bought it. And when you bought it, it came with some other things like, well, we all need Office. We need Word and we need Excel. And every now and then PowerPoint can be helpful. And maybe you even had Microsoft Access for some reason because uh, it's a nice little tool for running a custom little app if you have the time and energy to, to build that out. But for the most part, you got Office 65 for some pretty core reasons. You got it for the email. You got it for Microsoft Office. And you got it for Microsoft OneDrive. So you could back up your files because who likes losing files? Right. That's not why really people get Office 365, is it? That is really For it. the backup? Yeah. That, that, that's the fourth of the, of the, or that's the third of the four things. Or the, th that's the fourth of the third things. That is the third of the three things is one reason's email. The next reason's office. The last reason is backing up my files because a lot of people, a lot of businesses are worried about getting hacked, uh, having their files, you know, encrypted by some, you know, goofy Dooney bunny 365 who, you know, they're Russian, Russian hacker friends. Cause it's always the Russian hackers, right? And we're always saying it's the Russian hackers, uh, are out there, uh, encrypting files and asking for Bitcoin to unlock them. And one drive, one drive is a way to, to get around that problem because they're actually backed up to the cloud. So it's a, now we're not going to delve into all of the ins and outs of what that means and how you can encrypt against, but one simple way for most businesses to deal with all of that is by a Microsoft office, you get your email, you get your office applications and you get file backup that you can, for the most part, depend on to get, to get you out of trouble. If you're, if your laptop is lost or stolen or, yeah, but there has to be way cooler things than Oh, that. there are so many way cooler things. It should be more fun. There, there <laughs> should are be more so fun than an insurance cool policy. Things. Uh, but, but generally, that's what gets it in the door. All right. Well, let's get to the fun stuff then. That's what we're here to talk about, right? All the little things. So what can we really do with it? Well, let's talk a little bit about the mayhem first. Oh, shoot. So the mayhem for this episode is universal. Man, we can probably pick any customer anywhere, and this is going to apply. To everyone. It, universal application. I can say with relative confidence that every business we have walked into, big and small, mature and, and first days, all share these kinds of problems. All right. I think it sounds like a challenge if anyone has not. <laughs> has it all worked out? They're Please all doing it. Please no... share. We would love And even if you story. are doing it, there's something somewhere that isn't doing it. In oh, your okay. Somewhere. <laughs> okay. It's all a lie. Yeah. 
The reason it's universal, daily work arbitrarily assigned. Emails lost in space. Things not getting done because those that need to do the work don't know, don't remember, or are not sure what they should be working on first in addition to their regular jobs. Well, yeah, because if you just send a message to someone... That's all it takes. It just magically gets done. Right. All uh, the actual work of getting it done is just a moot point. I uh, sent you the message. That means it, it went into this abyss and it comes out done. Right. I sent I sent that email to Adriana. I mean, obviously, Adriana knew exactly how important it was, had all the information she needed to take care of whatever that problem was, and then knew exactly what made it important to do and totally didn't lose it with the 302 other emails that showed up in her inbox right. in the last 45 minutes. Because that's how businesses run, yeah, email. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know who you are. And what are we talking about? We're talking about customers who are emailing questions about what, where's my product at or what's the feature on this or I don't understand this last bill. We're talking about vendors who... Hey, uh, you guys going to pay this uh, bill anytime soon or just want to let you know we're having some issues with supply chain. Uh, things aren't going to show up on time. Here's some workarounds. Which one of these choices do you want us to, to move forward with so that you can you know, do what you need to do? Uh, that pump out on the, out on the back broke and uh, needs to be dealt with so we can actually get water trans- transferred into the, into the, uh, into the pond. Or, hey, uh, one of the PCs in the back broke and uh, probably somebody should fix that. All these little tasks that just show up that someone needs to work on that today you're probably just doing through, well, send an email or give them a call or give them a text message and no visibility to what's going on or what, what these extra tasks are adding up into a person's lap. They try to remember, you try to remember, it just piles up. And in general, how do you know that uh, you need to deal with it? Because someone starts screaming. (laughs) And now it's the top priority again. Squeaky wheel. Not to mention, what about when someone steps out of that critical process you've built? You know, your office manager who takes vacation or... uh, your AR billing person who needs to stay home with the kids and mm-hmm. won't have time to focus on emails coming into their inbox to deal with, who's stepping in to take care of those problems and making sure work is still being taken care of? You got a process for that, right? Of course we do. Yeah, show me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see that process. These things should echo mayhem in your business. I I have yet to see a business that doesn't have some example of a process that needs something behind it to track. The junk drawer of requests, if you will. Or someone who communication's coming in and it's left to somebody else to figure out where it should go. Okay, I've got this email. Who do I send it to next? Or I respond to this email. What happens next? There are just examples of work that don't have any kind of form to them. Mm-hmm. The noise, the daily noise, the daily grind, things that fell off the proverbial wagon or the process. 
they failed QC on a process of some sort and had to go into this rework category. Things like that, right? Yeah. Where the main business is figured out, you know exactly how to get your product line out the door, but all the overhead and moving parts that compromise the entire flow of the process. Exceptions to the process. Mm -hmm. So what's the fix for that? Something little. Something easy to pick. So I think we're going to start with mailboxes. Yeah, mailboxes are a good place to start because that's usually where communication starts. And what we're going to talk about is shared mailboxes. Right, because there is a right way and a wrong way to use emails. Yeah. Maybe a smart way and a smarter way to use email. Yeah. I, email's great, right? It's a it's a great catalog of communication. It's it's a good way to I mean, we all use it for a reason because it's it's, it's lived neat. forever. Yeah, it's lived forever and it and it's what we all kind of fall back on. I mean, gosh, you can almost make an argument that's why the internet's so popular. Right. In a way. So we got it going. Sending email. Uh with that though, one of the downfalls to emails, it can be very siloed. People become the ones who you email about something. So whether it's billing questions or invoice questions or questions about something with what's happening with equipment in the back, you tend to email Barbara or Sarah or Jimmy or, or Cal about what those problems are. They're not going someplace where they can be shared and easily distributed unless one of them decide, okay, I'm going to send this off to Megan or I'm going to send this off to Larry to deal with. It's it's task assignment at its worst because right. it's it's completely arbitrary and it's up to the person who's received the email to deal with. Now, there is a step up from that and some people might already be using it and that's distribution lists, right? So you may have already started kind of down this path of, well, we should send to a team. And so you created a AR billing or an AP and or any number of any ways number of these you would do it. Either ways you do it. And in that scenario, okay, well that's that's one step up. You're you're distributing that email to multiple people. But what isn't happening? You're not doing two things. One, unless someone is making sure they CC everybody in the whole world, which is terrible. Do not CC everybody in the yeah. whole world. Uh, or you have some other process to inform people in general. You're not seeing what responses are coming back. How many times have you had something go to a, a group and four people reply about with three, three different ways of doing the same problem to the person who sent it because they sent to the group? This is where shared, shared mailboxes step in. A shared mailbox gives you one place where whether it's a team of one or a team of 10, you can have email come into a single mailbox and respond from that single el that single email inbox. You'll know when it's been read. You'll know what the responses are. And instead of tying work to one person, you're tying work to one inbox. And this can have a significant impact on how people think about how they're looking at the requests they're making. Right, and, and we would probably... I would want to categorize this work is in communications because ideally you're recording all this in some system of record if it's helpful. But since this is a little thing, this is shoring up the pieces of communication that I made sure I noted your record, right? You should be receiving a credit 
sorry, customer on this <laughs> content. What ha- That kind of thing yeah. is happening in this communication chain. So the mailbox is meant to facilitate that communication on a scale that anyone in the team can fulfill that conversation and communication with the other parties so that we can make sure it's as smooth as possible. Yeah, before you have a, a CRM, this is the step before you actually have a CRM system. Because at the very least, you're centralizing the conversations you're having. And you are creating a, a unit as opposed to a person who's in charge of something. So if you're getting your team and getting your customers and getting your vendors into a habit of you send to this designated mailbox from which I know my problems will be dealt with at some point. Um, and working from that mailbox so you can see the communication, the chain that follows, as well as have it there for historical purposes if, if necessary. But again, systems are better and we're going to get to that in a minute. The shared mailbox knocks out large swaths of the problem that can come up when you're siloing information. And that's the thing here. We're trying to create an environment where you're if you're going to have a silo, the silo is inclusive enough and useful enough that you can come back to it and actually work in it and not something that you can't get to. Right. Perfect. One other nice thing about shared mailboxes is when you do have a scenario where you're going to make this change, if you've had other email addresses in the past, or this comes up pretty often, if you have a scenario where somebody's email address was nominated to fill in a form with the state or the the air quality board or some distribution change and it's very difficult to change you can do a couple things uh, that are useful you can create up a uh, a rule that says hey if we receive information from this location make sure this a copy of this email is also shared to the sh- saved to the share mailbox or if this person you know retires or leaves or goes on to another job but that email still in play you can also move their email address to the shared mailbox and not have to monitor some other mailbox somewhere for business critical information you need to receive is now going to that centralized place where you, where you can work from. Mm-hmm. One of the other nice things, and, and this gets missed, if you have Microsoft Office 365, and like we said, we're talking about Office 365 today specifically because of, uh, of its wide use, shared mailboxes don't cost you anything. They're free. They're free. So they come with your plan. So if you have five users, if you have 500 users, if you have shared mailboxes, these mailboxes can be added without increasing your costs. Well, shoot, that's easy. That's what I would hope. Now, there's some details. We'll we'll throw them in the show notes for later about setup. We'll have some links for if, oh, I'm going to tell my person to do that. We'll add some links to the the podcast notes that you can kind of go off and learn about little tiny things you have to do for setup to make sure it works exactly like you want. Hopefully your MSP, if you're working with MSP or if you have a technician on staff, they may know, but it's also good to review. But shared mailboxes will change how you think and work with information. Perfect. What's next? Well, you were already kind of calling it out. We need to have a system. So in lieu of having a designated system like an ERP or a service management tool, Microsoft offers task management in a lot of different ways. Task management is key. So if I do get a communication that needs a task done, then 
you should have a task created. It can go through a team. It can be recorded in the system of record. We should do an episode on that, what that yeah, means. That's a, <laughs> system of record. System of record episode. You're right. And so there are two fundamental types of, of record when it comes to task management in Microsoft. There are to-dos and there are Microsoft lists. Uh, to-do tasks uh, and planner tasks uh, are shared. So right off the bat, when you have Microsoft Outlook, you will see uh, the to-do list as a task list. So if you're in Microsoft Outlook and you're using your email, you may have noticed your task list before. Uh, if you've ever flagged an email for follow-up, it actually becomes a task in your task list. Microsoft has morphed this over time to something called to-do, T-O space D-O, those task lists can now follow you and they have their own tool as well if you want to work from it. So you can work from to-do online. You can work from to-do inside of Outlook. You can also add a to-do app to your phone to track these tasks. Now, the to-do lists are focused on personal tasks that you've assigned to yourself. So instead of using a post-it note to remind you, you create a to-do task to remind you and it's up to you whether you set a, a due date or what information you want to attach to it. But you can do things like attach documents to it for follow-up as well as set priority to how important it is. Right. There's lots of different things that you can. You can go dive deep or keep it generic just depending on your taste of how much you would want to consume in this space. Right. Now, the next level up from this, and Nicole has some, some love for it, is planner. I so love planner. Planner is something you would see. Uh, there is a standalone app if you go to the planner app from in Microsoft. You'd also see it a lot of times inside of Teams. It also can show up as a SharePoint list of it, kind of its own. But what's unique about planner is that planner works on the same system as the to-do lists. So planner is a, a way to do packaging of of multiple tasks inside of a team. You can run projects. Many people run projects on them. You can also just keep it simplified into a general upgraded to-do version, right? if you will. It's a somewhere between the to-do application and approach and Microsoft Project, you know, full-scale big RAR Microsoft project <laughs> content management and project management and, and people and resource management and all that kind of stuff. You can go really high level with Microsoft project application itself, but planner is kind of that middle of the road. Yeah. Planner offers a, a unique board, if you will, where you can have lanes or what they call buckets. And then inside those buckets, those mm -hmm. buckets can have tasks. A Kanban board they would right. run it as. You can also do them run on routine. They've added that as a new feature lately. So you can do routine tasks based off weekly, monthly, annually, or any custom setting so that when you complete it, it will automatically create the next one based on that schedule that you would have it to come up with again. We actually use that feature ourselves uh, here where uh, every week we have some uh, work capturing we need to do. And when we check in our task, it logs it as done, notifies Nicole, hey, that task has been checked in, and then creates a new one for the next week. 
Right. You can have conversations inside the task. So if you had a comment, I had a comment, needed to attach certain things. So it's the same. It's like to do where you can attach things, do reference material, what have you. But it's even better where you can also now have some comments and conversations around that task inside of Planner, which could, you know, get out of that shared mailbox where it may start. The conversation request may start in the inbox, go to Planner to kind of work its way out. And then finally be completed to the extent it needs to be. And then you can do your final conversation or communication through that shared mailbox. And everyone's in the know and loop. The tasks uh, themselves inside a planner also can be uh, stacked. They can have steps to them. So Mm -hmm. you may have something like, we need to send a package to Omaha for review. And there might be steps like pull the product. That's the first step. Print a label. That's a step. Print a manifest. Set out for shipping. Notify UPS. And you can check off each of those steps. And then when you're done, complete the task. That's just an example. There's obviously a lot of ways that you can approach it. The point is it's a very, very uh, adaptable platform. And when you use it in this space, the one thing that's nice about the to-do platform is it follows back. All of the tasks that are assigned in these planners across all the planner boards will show up in your personal to-do list if they're assigned to you. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. you, you get that one pane There's of glass hub. view of what work do I have, even if it's across three or four different planners. Right. There's a planner hub, they call it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now look across everything that you're assigned. So then you can organize your work your way and see your view of the world and not have to jump into any particular bucket or any particular silo inside of those plans, unless you want to. There's lots of different ways you can look at it. It's also a nice thing for your staff or for yourself if you want to share with someone, hey, I know you're asking me, like, why are these things lagging or what they can done? Let me show you what's on my plate across all these different things Mm -hmm. I'm being asked to do. Mm -hmm. You can see by a sign, too, who has all the stuffs. (laughs) to do right and you'll see sometimes you'll be able to see that unevenly weighted and spread load now and it the to-do platform really is about assignment of work or work that's understood that you're a task right right but it it's about assigning that work that you need to get done there's also microsoft lists that does something similar but it's more about managing a process Mm -hmm. so one that I think about Microsoft lists, they don't work. They're a slightly different pa- platform than the to-do. Uh, there are ways to make it integrate with to-do, but on their own, they're a, they can be a task assignment and a task tracking process, but they're really more about process-based. And what I mean by that is, and what's nice is they have some default templates that you can use right out of the box that they've already seen used by everyone, so they just make them default lists that you can create, workflows that you can create right out of the box. Right. They have issue trackers. They have a recruitment tracker. They have an on, uh, an employee onboarding process. They have an event itinerary list that you can start with. Asset management, anyone? They have a system that you can launch and put right in. Uh, if you need a travel request tracker or an expense tracker, those are another templates they have already available along with just a standard work progress tracker. The point is they have these lists that have different kind of fields you can add to them, priorities you can add to them. They give you beautiful 
color graphs that you can follow and work from that can run a whole team or a whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just the template portion, right? But of course, you can always start anew if you have made some cool spreadsheet that has all these things you're tracking in it and it and you are near to take over the world but you just want to take it one step further and make sure that you're really ready to take over a world with it then you could just roll it right into a list and keep running from there so you can start from blank or a template that you can bring in or the pre-built ones that they have yeah and to nicole's point uh it's integrated in such a way that if you have created a list in Excel that you are trying to run a team on or a process on, if you go into Microsoft Lists, you'll actually see a button that says Import Spreadsheet. Right. And it will take the spreadsheet you already have and create that list from it. Exactly. And you'll have the option to say what these columns do and those kinds of customizations you'll need to actually get the functioning out of the list that you want to have. But the moment you do that list moves from being a spreadsheet that you log into to a actionable workflow that you can direct work from. It's a little bit closer to an actual system. It's not a document like a word document or an Excel document, if you will. Those are more like documental features. Mm-hmm. But this is an actual list which has some sort of systemization to it. You can do alerting. You can do reporting. You can do controls. You can uh, summarize reporting. I want to see who's changed anything in the last week, day. I want to see only things that are new added. Give alerts to the team, what have you. You can manage it more like a system. You can make sure that people aren't deleting lines, if you will, because this is a list so it gives more of that systemization control and overhead if you will it's versioning to it who Mm -hmm. changed what when at what time right right and then you can pull reporting out of it if not even use those built-in dashboards you can also export it to make a snippet in time kind of reporting or dashboard from it we actually referenced uh, how sharepoint could do all of this in one of our previous episodes when we were talking about uh, the winery we once used used to work for and the actual intake of grapes at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. This is, they ran their entire crushing process through SharePoint. Right. So it's just another step closer towards more of a systemization, if you will. The other thing too is when you pull it into a SharePoint list, we're not going to get a deep dive today on this, but the automation tasks, Power Automate, that Microsoft offers that can then do something based off information on that list is kind of amazing. Right. We'll have to do another Little Things Plus episode just on where we can move from here. Bigger Little Things. That's right. Uh, Finally, today, the last point we want to talk about is global knowledge. If you're very tied to tribal knowledge, as it's been said, that information that, that stays in the company that's just handed off over time because somebody knows it and they teach somebody else that information or you're very tied to, we have to contain all of this conversation email. Please take a look at teams. Teams for global knowledge. It's such a large introductory point <laughs> and it's all around teams for business. Teams for business. Teams for business. If used 
will change how you work and how your team works. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few customers resist this change. A few? A few. <laughs> All of them. Yes. <laughs> All of it, them struggled at the start. Yes, it does take a bit to, to travel this road of siloed my email mine 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 i know what it's what it is there, there I'll is get a to real there is a real sense of comfort with how email works right i i know it i can trust it i see it right in front of me i can only see it i know who's on the to-do list or or on the two and the cc list if you will so i know who's in the chain and who's not in the chain teams takes that and flips it on its side. Yeah. A lot of people's experience with Teams is, you know, COVID, right? Well, that's how we did video conferencing. Right. Okay. That's a feature of Teams. That's not what Teams is. It's not the competitor to Zoom? No, it's not yeah. the competitor to Zoom. And I don't. And I think Microsoft would raise their hand and said, yeah, we're still working on that right. video conferencing <laughs> part to make it as awesome as Zoom. Uh, but when it comes to being able to share information have running conversations about a problem or a topic, easily sharing information in a single pane of glass, Teams does it all. Right. The biggest thing that I try to help customers understand when we are trying to help them through this transformational journey, just in this small space, if you will, would be that it is there for anyone to come at any time and and find it which can sound scary to companies or cultures that are built off this siloing yeah effect when you when you walk into teams uh transparency becomes a word that you have to learn right people can see the work right yeah which is brilliant if you have somebody who is in charge of something that started a month ago maybe you had a a project and you hired someone because it became a standard now they've just started you know today but really the beginning of the process and all the work that they're coming to facilitate started a month ago two months ago three months ago if you will so it's been kind of building up in the old email world you would have to package all that stuff up and forward it to them to catch up on if you will yeah right into their inbox and then they can manage it their way in a team's world, you just add them to the channel that had started three months prior to them starting. And they can fish out whatever they need in that moment. So not necessarily do they have to go through reading all of it, the content there. But if there was a chain or a conversation or a thread or a document that someone shared and had a conversation about, it's all in the team's channel. So they can go back and forward in their, in their view, if you will. And get all the content they need without someone having to handhold that to them, dig it out of their inbox and forward it, go find it from other person's inbox and paste those things together, you know, yeah. duct tape and bailing wire, put everything together and try to paint the picture for them. They can go into channels and, and just find this content and, and just teams, keep rolling. And Teams is generally searchable, right? You right. Whatever Teams you have access to, you can search across all of them to find the information you're looking for. Exactly. And you don't ever have to remember again to include someone that you forgot. Yeah. Who did I forget to CC? I forgot to send this to the right person. I didn't add them to the CC list. They weren't even there yet. So I had to add them later. Oh, shoot. Now they 
fell off this other chain because I forgot they weren't on this chain, that kind of thing. You skip that whole thing and just have your conversations in kind for that space. Not only that, you can also have meetings that have to do with that channel, post it to that channel. So anyone could facilitate, see, join, catch recordings for any meetings that might happen around that content. The other interesting thing is Teams integrates with the features of these other applications we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. You can share it, an item to Outlook to go ahead and generate an email if you needed to, or right from that that conversation you, you, that you're having in Chain, you can create a task from it and link it back to this conversation you're having. Hey, I've created a task based on this conversation. In Planner, right? It'll right. create a task in Planner based on this conversation. You can have an email that got out of the loop and just say in in email, respond in Teams, and it will send the email off to Teams, and then you can have your conversation in there. So all of these things in the Microsoft ecosystem, if you will, can all talk to each other. They all know about each other, and they're all good application friends. They are, yeah. Uh, can't I honestly the the ability to pull an email into Teams and have a conversation in Teams about the email is just a beautiful feature. Don't right. don't make it a a chain 20 deep uh, inside of inside of email. Just pull that email into into Teams and have the conversation. It doesn't need to be an Outlook. Exactly. Yeah, there's so many other places that you can blossom from in Teams. Teams is only the beginning. But it is a good space for us to kind of wrap up the little things portion because just wrapping heads around what Teams is and how it's the almost the opposite of Outlook. Yeah. Is uh, enough for people to kind of handle. But once they get a hold of it, it just really does make a difference yeah, depending that, on how you use the power of it. It is the anti-silo. That's that right. So to wrap up then, to take away summary for today, right? If we end with the end-all be-all of teams and not going into all the other stuff that can come from there. That would be the middle little things, yeah. little plus things, <laughs> something like that. Well, I think the the first one is, and is kind of encourage you to just go look. So step one, if you have, if you have like Microsoft Office 365, open a web browser, portal.office.com. You're going to land on your Office 365 page for yourself. And you're going to see a lot of cool stuff. Look around. But at the top left corner, you're going to see something we call the waffle. It'll be a three-by-three three grid of boxes. So it looks like a waffle. Click that. Click all apps, and you will see all the things that you have access to. You should definitely explore, but you should definitely explore to-do lists and teams. But also don't hesitate to look around and see the other and kind planner. of features. And planner. Can't Sorry. Planner. Got a planner. Uh Look at those features and see what you can do. You're not going to hurt anything. Right. That's the biggest thing. I'm constantly just, ooh, what's this button do? So enjoy that curiosity, yeah. if you will, in this space. And use them. Actually yeah. use them. That's the big thing. So pick each one. Take a look around. Try the templates. If you don't have rights, check in to see what you need to do. But most every person who has access will have access to their environment to do whatever they like with these lists and see what they can do for you, you and your team. 
Right, exactly. Start with the little things. Pick the low-hanging fruit, as we would say, and just start playing. So you get comfortable with it. You can see its power. And that will give you the space to discover the larger things that you could solve with these tool sets. All that energy you gave to Excel back in the day, give it to this. That's right. And start clicking away and playing and build templates and, and just enjoy. That's what we would say. Check out all everything that you can find in there. So we hope you guys found some value in this conversation to get today. Please join us again next time for more Mayhem and Misfits.